Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to So I Got You Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the questions of Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and apply them to modern life and love. You are joined by your cosmopolitan Juno Dawson and your Long Island iced tea, Dylan B. Jones. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. This week we are discussing season three, episode, I want to say, eight? Nine. Nine. Easy come easy yeah. girl as as we're now into the trilogy of episodes that deal with Carrie's infidelity it's just going to be Dylan and I um to take us through this dramatic development um Dylan <laughs> give us your potted synopsis so yeah so Carrie big comes back into the picture in a big way mm. um after a hint last week that he might be sniffing around um so we'll get into that properly in a minute I guess Charlotte meets Bunny McDougal. <laughs> oh, love her so much. She's so good. <laughs> Who we love. Trey's mum. Um, Samantha is dating a guy with the funkiest tasting spunk. <laughs> the and... beautiful, beautiful Bobby Cannavale, who I've yes. been a big fan of for a long time. Oh, we love. I knew that. I just knew that you would love him as well. He's um, right up my street. Right up my street. And Miranda and Steve. Ooh, yeah, Miranda yeah. and Steve. So yeah, let's start at the beginning with Carrie being Aiden's booth bitch. Um, I have just been a booth bitch. I was just explaining to Dylan that this this recording is coming from my office space where I do my writing in, in Brighton. You have to book out the little isolation booths, the little soundproof pods. And um, a man would not leave my booth. So I had to become a booth bitch. I was like properly Karen. I've called the manager. I have reserved this booth <laughs> and now you need to leave. Um, however, Carrie is a different kind of booth bitch um, in that she is assisting Aiden at a bougie furniture show when who should happen by but <laughs> Big and Natasha. And you know how we've we've defended Natasha a lot this year? Actually, oh, yeah, she she's kind a of a cunt. Yeah, was, she was kind of a bitch. Yeah. She too was a booth bitch. I don't know how you can like this clunky, clunky wood. It's almost oppressive. 
<laughs> well, I think this is this is where Natasha shows her white feminism because if she finds wood oppressive, one 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 imagines she has glided through life with with few oh my God. few issues. I mean, she wants to try being trans for a week or being a woman <laughs> of color for a week. Peak I mean, I think white feminism. I think all of them need to try that, really. But, mm-hmm. um, I also love Carrie's face when she's hiding behind the booth. She's just like, ugh. Like, she's so disgusted with her. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> N- Natasha is the worst. And Big Big suggests she likes teeny tiny furniture. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like to imagine that they're living like a creepy doll's house, kind of, with, like, drinking out of why... mini cups. Yeah, with, like, little spindly white chairs. That's what mm-hmm. I imagine. <laughs> I can see why, I can see why um, Big and Natasha are at the kind of showcase, the new mm-hmm. designer showcase. But what I don't understand is why Big is at the opening party afterwards. Surely that should just be like designers and their plus ones. Like, why is Big there? Did he just kind of like hide and stay around for some free drinks, maybe? Potentially. I mean, <laughs> as a wealthy investor, there is a possibility that he's been invited to spend money, which is something, you know, yeah. he has money. So yes, you would, you would want him around expensive furniture, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, big old John James Preston. He's in a bad way, isn't he? Yeah, um, and he does it really well. Like, mm. you, can, you can see this is a man like unraveling when he's like sort of speaking to her through the rolled up program or whatever it is. Oh, and it's just like it's, it's quite tragic. not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it it is out. tragic. It is really tragic to see someone who has been, you know, Carrie at one point describes him as the Chrysler building. You know, he's kind of, he's so yeah. solid. And what what Chris Knows does really well, I think, in his performance is that regret that he, yeah. he realises a bit like I've been pounding a lot of the crown. And, you know, you, you see a similar performance in Josh O'Connor's Prince Charles as well, that kind of, I've done what was expected of me. I, I've done what's expected of me. I've married a beautiful 20-something princess yeah. who fits, you know, Natasha's face fits. She's exactly who a man like Big should be marrying. And he realises, I've married someone who Be- is not the right match for him. Beige beige a beige woman and i mean and again we're we're trying to defend natasha to to a point on so i got to thinking but so i think i think it's and and they did this better in the crown actually have you seen the crown so i was gonna say i watch i i I think i do intend on watching this this latest Mm. season in full because it looks great oh it's so good i was i was watching it over chris's shoulder last night um and it was the scene when diana does the ballet. I never even <laughs> Ooh, knew that happened. Yeah, cringe, yeah. How extra though? Like, no wonder she's a gay icon. Like, <laughs> what, what what an extra ridiculous thing, mm. thing to do. Like, I couldn't believe it. But it's, it's that <laughs> same thing of which is, you know, Charles comes across as quite monstrous in The Crown, but the, the yeah. problem is there from the beginning and that they have literally nothing in common. You know, yeah. he is, he's all rural pursuits and Diana is, is a city girl. She, yeah. she, she likes lunch and brunch and going to the theatre. And I think the same is true of potentially of Natasha and Big, which is she, Natasha is probably a perfectly lovely woman. But she's just not on Big's level in a way that Carrie is on Big's level because, you know, they yeah. keep coming back to each other. Um, they they can't stop because, you know, and we've said this a gazillion times on this podcast, the chemistry between Carrie and Big is so good. Yeah. But he must 
I guess, big, and this is Big's fault, Big never saw himself with someone like Carrie, with a scrappy working class sex columnist. He yeah. obviously saw himself with somebody a bit more decorative and a bit yeah. more a bit more straightforward, somebody who isn't going to challenge him in the way that Carrie challenges him. Yeah, totally. Like Carrie's the more unconventional, the more unconventional, wild. Curly Katie. Um, And this leads us nicely to the question that we are going to attempt to answer this week, which is not just the question, have you ever had an affair? Because I think we should talk about that. But um, the question is, when it comes to relationships, is it better to go with your head or your heart? Which is something that I think we can all we can all sympathize with to an extent. Um, so yeah, so but so going back to the plot anyway. After after, um, and it's so good. I love the scene where Carrie is like, when when Big is like, I'm getting out. If you know anyone who's interested, and Carrie's like, no one is interested in that information. Jump yeah. cut to Big's leaving his wife, yeah, which yeah. is so good because that's exactly. I wouldn't have even waited until I was in person. I would have done like a group chat call. Like <laughs> the WhatsApp would have been jumping. The, the the writing's great, and I mean credit where credit's due. We we slag off Michael Patrick King a lot, but the writing his writing's great in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really well written out. Yeah, what else about Carrie and Big? Like, yeah, all the ladies are like understandably shocked by the news, um, but I think it's obvious, isn't it, to the viewer that Carrie is already kind of because she's thinking about it. She's already getting sucked back in right from the mm. start. Really, it's very well choreographed. In yeah. that you, it's like watching a car crash in slow motion. You know what's yeah. going to happen, and Absolutely. you want because they've done a really good job of making Aiden just absolutely lovely. And actually, Aiden only becomes slightly more morally ambiguous much, much later in season four. And I've um, noticed Carrie. Carrie is like cutesy and childish around Aiden. And then when she's around big, there's like this like really adult sexy chemistry when she's around. And I don't know if that was deliberate, but it's interesting. Because I think that this this is the big plot of this series. Um, and they must have known right from the get go what was going to happen before they even introduced Aiden. They must have known what was going to happen. And, um, and so I think that's why Aiden has been portrayed as so morally heroic. And to see... Yeah. Carrie slide back into Mr. Big's arms and we'll talk about the lift scene later because it is a bit problematic but you know before that scene in the hotel there is you know when she's obsessively listening to the voicemail message about kind of like um you need to you can you call me back when you have a minute and she has to she has to get Miranda around you know it's really clear that Carrie is not over big yeah. Um, and Miranda, Miranda knows as well. Mm. Um, I was trying to uh, when she said um, when Carrie said, "Oh, I hate my machine." I was trying to think of what would the twenty twenty equivalent would be, and it's the DMs, like big slid <laughs> into her DMs. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's really difficult. I mean, have you ever had an ex who's had that kind of sway over you? Yes, but he lives abroad, so that makes things a lot mm. easier. But yeah, and I think it's because he was. I don't think he listens to the podcast, and if he does, I doubt he'll mind me saying this because um, I'm, I'm, I know that he feels the same. He's he's particularly significant because we met when we were sixteen, when both of our ho- parents were on holiday in Paris, and we met in Paris. And ever since, and we like 
saw each other like every few years since then mm. and every time I see him it's that mad that like it's just mad but it's not as like I know nothing's ever going to happen again so it's not as intense as Carrie and Big but mm. it's still like I still I know that feeling that Carrie gets when she sees Big yep and I've got my Mr. Big as well yeah. and it's he's never going to be fully out of my system oh yeah you know yeah, it's that's kind what of, I mean yeah e- even though you know, I've literally transitioned into another gender, although he is kind of bisexual. <laughs> but um, so he's had relationships with men and women. So I would, I guess, fit the bill. But yeah, it's kind of, you know, we, we're on very good terms now. And, and we, we sometimes sort of chat. I see him around town all the time. Um, you know, he's married with, with a kid now. And, but at the same time, that, that took quite a lot of maturity for his birth to kind of be like, we yeah. have to coexist in this city together, kind of. We need to sort of stop stop all this drama. And I think it was a very 20s thing. And, you know, I think a part of me was as as keen on the drama of it as much as the romance of it, I think. <laughs> he was a big, a big feature of my 20s. And my friends, much like Carrie's friends in the end, were like, oh, my God, just stop. Kind of, this yeah. is so exhausting, kind of. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the... the the histrionics of it all was a lot, but you can see, you can see it in Carrying Big, and and you, I remember watching this for the first time when I was nineteen or twenty years old, and sort of thinking, no, Carrie, do not do it. You know, you've found a nice boyfriend, and Aiden treats you so well. You know, stay away from this toxic man. But now, as as a fully grown adult, I'm kind of like, ah, yes, and who among us would not have done the same? <laughs> so yeah. It's interesting how, like, particularly in the last couple of episodes, things that, like, aspects of Carrie's behaviour that annoyed us when we were younger, now we're like, oh, yeah, I know how that, yeah, I know how mm. that feels. Because we've um, lived it. I've, I've never had an affair in this, I mean, this, I sometimes think, you know, the notion of the affair as seen in the affair, like the long-standing extramarital affair is not something I've ever had because I've never been married for one thing um it's more you know I'm not going to sit here and say that I've never cheated because I have but it wasn't in this kind of way it was a much more sort of like opportunistic thing where sometimes sometimes you know it was just meeting somebody on a night out or running into an ex or you know some sort of weird coincidence that where one thing led to another and you know and I really shouldn't have done it and I recognize now it was shitty behavior because I wasn't in an open relationship at the time and and it was breaking the rules but I've never done this kind of thing where you know when you're with someone and then embark on a long-standing liaison against the rules and I wonder if that I I mean do you know anyone who ever has I mean is it a generational thing no, and yeah, maybe it is a joke. I just don't. It was um, Chris and I were watching um, Sliding Doors mm. the other day, and do you remember in Sliding Doors the guy like cheats on Gwyneth, yeah. and the affair like carries on with um, is it with Jean Triplehorn who looks fab in it, yeah, um, and the and the affair like carries on throughout the whole thing, and he's always like hiding and sneaking around and stuff. And I said to Chris like, I just don't understand why, like why, like either break up with Gwyneth, tell Gwyneth, like, just, or just stop. Like, why are you doing this to, quite apart from why are you doing this to your partner? Also, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, what's the, 
what's the point? And just the massive like emotional strain. I guess some people must get a kick out of it. That can be the only reason. I mean, so um, this is this is difficult. I will say that a, fa- a close family member was caught out having an affair a very long time ago. Oh wow! Um, and I suspect it was to do with kids. So Big is in the position where he realizes he's out of his depth. Whereas I can only imagine, as, as somebody who I've only got a chihuahua, I don't have children. You know, when you've built a life that includes a mortgage, a wife or a husband, children, yeah. a pet, a car, um, you're in you're in too deep. And then if you, I guess, if you're to meet someone and have that kind of chemistry with them, no, I, I imagine you're not going to just walk away from a mortgage. Because I tell that you what, a actually, a, a marriage is easier to walk away from than a mortgage. I think actually the most difficult thing about when you when you leave a long term relationship, sometimes it's assets more than yeah. the actual relationship itself. But you know, I have had friends who have got divorced, and yeah, it's, it's hard once you've made those kind of legally binding steps. So I'm, I'm, I wonder if maybe that's why. I wonder if that's why we we don't know people who've had affairs because maybe we're not at that stage in our lives yet. Maybe that's why, you know, I'm not aware of any extramarital affairs among my friends because maybe they've kept it to themselves. So so possibly this is just something that hasn't been shared. But it, it's funny because part of the reason I wouldn't have an affair now um, is not only that I'm in love with Max and wouldn't want to hurt him. The thought of hurting Max is enough to stop me. Like, I couldn't bear it. You know, I love Max with all my heart and the idea that I would cause him such grief. So actually what I would do, if I was to, for some obscure reason, meet somebody and have this crazy sexual connection, I would have a conversation with Max. I would tell him. Because the thought of going behind Max's back is just unthinkable, kind of. But also, at the back of my mind as well, there is this, you know, we have a whole world together and I'm not going to risk that for sex with Mr. Big, and, and so I just wouldn't. <laughs> but I would be really, really interested, like, genuinely, to listeners, please slide into our DMs. Is this a situation yeah. that you've been in? Have you had a long-standing illicit affair? Because I'm, I'm really interested to know if it, if it happens the way we've seen it on TV, because it's such a staple of television. Like, there is a whole show called The Affair that's about an affair. Um, but it does. It feels quite retro. <laughs> it's how it feels quite eighties. Yeah. Now that you now that you say it, it's something that I've seen a lot on mostly nineties films and television. But haven't really like it hasn't been a part of my life in terms of like friends have never talked about having one or like I've never had one. Maybe it's to um, do with our proximity to queerness as well, which yeah, is you can, you can only break the rules if there are rules to break. I think a lot of the time, I, do, I definitely don't want to be one of those patronising people in open relationships who are like, where the new normal, this is the, this is the solution to all your problems. Because I know that different things work for different people. But I think perhaps, particularly maybe back in the 90s, maybe some particularly straight people suffered unnecessarily because they could have had a nice conversation and both happily been in an open relationship. But that didn't exist. It didn't occur to them to do that. Although I will say, and we've talked about the rules of your specific open relationship, but most of the couples I know who do have open relationships wouldn't tolerate this kind of additional oh. relationship, oh, which is almost inc- mine included. Yeah, yeah, basically having two boyfriends at the same time is not the one, yeah. even within an open relationship. I've seen um, 
a, a couple that I know and they're still together. At one point, they brought in a third person in, into that kind of thruple mm. scenario. And actually, in the end, it didn't work. It became very, very toxic indeed. So um, so actually, it, I, I'm yet to see a relationship where bringing in a third person as a recurring guest star yeah. is, is, is successful. But I'm sure very it must com- be. Very complicated. Mm, managing managing two people's emotions must be incredibly complicated. Um, should we go to a break? Let's take a little break. And let's then get, take a break. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, we will talk about what the other three women are up to. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. This week we have been watching Season 3, Episode 9, Easy Come, Easy Go. And we're trying to answer the question, when it comes to love, is it better to go with your head or your heart? And so far I don't think we're any closer to having an answer. (laughs) We got a bit sidetracked by um, extramarital affairs, didn't we? We do, yeah. And I suppose that that's Carrie going with her heart, not her head. I think you're going to agree with me on this one. Mm. I think that it's... You've got to follow your heart, really. Like, imagine if you... Imagine how depressing it would be if, like, you lived your entire love life based on just following your head. But I guess it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be a bit of both. A bit of both. I'm going to disagree. To play devil's advocate, I'm going to say there are, there were times in my life where my heart led me down a bit of a wrong path. And actually, mm. I had to make a decision using my head that there are certain types of men in this world who are really bad for my mental health. And actually, yeah. it doesn't matter how sexually drawn to them you are or how much you think they're the one. Actually, look at these men analytically. They're bad for you. And so actually, as I turned into my 30s, actually, I did start to apply my head a lot more because actually, you know, I was I was dating some really bad men. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And I suppose head doesn't have to necessarily mean like logic. It can mean like like you said, like mental health and looking after your your well-being, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. And just being more discerning. You know, I know now. Yeah. 
you know, let's say Max was to suddenly move to Java and I was to never see him again, I would use my past experience to know that I'm looking for a man like Max. And yeah. so actually sometimes it's a case of things we've learned from our heart. So, you know, we've we've all had our hearts broken and, and we learn lessons from that. So maybe by the time you hit your 30s, you are operating on just a much you're, you're not starting from scratch every single time. So you can apply the lessons of your head to your heart. And I have an amazing fact at about yeah. Samantha from last week's episode, if I may. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this comes from sheer strangeness in that I was Googling The Lost Boys, which is one of my favourite 80s films. Yeah. And you know the doctor who gave her Viagra last week? Yeah. He's one of the vampires from The Lost Boys. He's the really <laughs> hot vampire that dies in the shower. Oh my god. Mm. Part of my one of my favorite parts of this podcast is learning really bizarre little facts like that. <laughs> yeah, like because I was like, oh my god, can you remember the really hot vampire from Lost Boys? Like the one with the yeah. brown mullet? Um yeah, he's the <laughs> he's the doctor who gave Samantha Viagra hot. So we talk about the iconic styling in Sex and the City, but the styling in Lost Boys is another oh, level. <laughs> iconic, yeah. I love it so much. So anyway, back back to this week, back to Easy Come, Easy Go. Samantha. Um, Samantha, um, what's she doing? What is she even on this? Oh my God, Funky Spunk. Yes, how can yeah. I forget? Um, this is I one love... of those storylines that's so iconic. You wouldn't know where, which episode it came from. Like it has nothing yeah, to do with anything. Oh my God, I've just realised yeah. it's to do with head. Oh, your head. Oh, my God. Yeah. So do you give the best head? Oh, my God. It's a little play on words. And also easy come, easy go. Yeah. So, yeah. I love love Charlotte just getting up and leaving. (laughs) That is just one of the best moments. And this time, she's never coming back. Never coming back. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's just, it's just, like, just the the b- balls of the writers literally to come up with that plot line and just drop it into the script halfway through with, I'm dating a guy with the funkiest tasting spunk. Can I cancel my rice pudding? <laughs> um, have you tried just not giving him head? I hadn't even so, thought of that. <laughs> so, so like, possibly because of this episode, well, the pineapple thing was always, like, a thing at school, right, wasn't it? Like, people always said, like, oh, if you eat pineapple, it makes your cum taste nice. Well, it wasn't um, my school anyway. No, that, that, I don't. I think I come from a more innocent time where blur jobs were just not discussed in the nineties in West Yorkshire. Just, <laughs> no, a lot of conversation was around fingering when I was at school. That was oh, yeah, that was got, very much yeah. She got fingered. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's 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 like in my conscience anyway. That's always been a rumor. Is the pineapple thing? I still don't know whether mm. it's true. I think it is proven that... I think your diet does make a difference. Of course, yeah. I know you want... For for really healthy sperm, you need to be eating zinc-rich foods. So it's Mm. a lot of seeds and pulses, which foods which are high in zinc are meant to be good for jizz. Joy Mm. juice, spunk, spooge. Joy juice, I was a bit unsure. (laughs) (laughs) Lizza has just been called out on social media for plugging joy juice, but in in the (laughs) diet shakes. Um, Oh, um, um, a, a woke Charlotte moment mm-hmm. when um, Carrie, or it's either Carrie or Miranda are like, oh, so casual blowjobs are back. And Samantha's like, oh, well, he's healthy and I don't swallow. All of that statement is bollocks. So, like, <laughs> firstly, 
he's healthy, what does that mean? Like, does has she seen like his test results? Like, she's basically just saying, oh, well, he looks healthy, so it's fine, mm-hmm. which is bollocks. It's also bollocks that you can like, it's very unlikely that you would ever get an STI from blowjobs anyway. Like the likelihood of getting HIV is like not like minuscule. Yeah. And also like swallowing or do- or not swallowing, the risk is pretty much the same. So, yeah. Sorry, Samantha, but all of that was wrong. <laughs> Interestingly, now this is an overshare. Um, I can't. I can't. Um, my body cannot digest semen. It gives. It gives me the most horrific IBS. Oh my god! Just it goes what? straight through me. I figured. I figured that one out quite early. That um, I started to notice the correlation between basically having explosive IBS and swallowing. So I am. Um, I would be interested to hear from other people who have a similar reaction to to jizz. I would love like it's it's such a mood like imagining you like saying to guy like oh I'm I'm sorry I just can't digest semen. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I've had to. It's and it's like people. It's like the That's Bobby. Can, it's like Bobby Cannavale saying, "I've had some far out reasons for not giving yeah. head." It's true. It just. It, oh, I mean, I wonder if potentially now here's here's a self dietitian thing. I can't yeah. eat egg whites, and I think okay. I think it might be sort of like the similar stuff, like but it pro- just. Like I don't know, it just goes straight through me. Just it's like probably got high, it's probably got high protein content and high fat content, mm. which is the, the maybe that's. I mean, this is like armchair like science. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But mm. Like, it's also quite sort of. I guess is it quite salty, quite like acidic. I don't know, but if a dietitian out there could get in touch and answer <laughs> the question of why it is I'm not allowed to eat semen, I would. I would be really grateful. Thank you. That's so funny. Um, so but, there's no, there's no point really to Samantha's storyline, is there? Um, it's much needed light relief because obviously Carrie's yeah. going through some really heavy shit and Miranda's going through some really heavy shit. Yeah. Um, and obviously big things are happening for Charlotte as well. Um, God, we haven't even got to that yet. Um, so no, it's it's just light relief. But I mean, Bobby Cannavale is so sexy. And obviously he went on to be in Will and Grace and then yeah. into big movie star territory. Um, so yeah, I mean, he he's just he's just really, really good as well. He's, so, in, um, he's in a great film called Spy, which I watched recently. Yes, um, he is. And Snakes on a Plane. He's in so oh much stuff, yeah. He, yeah. He's all over the place. So I'm a big, big fan of his. Yeah. Um, and let's move on. Should we do Miranda and Steve? Because that storyline is a bit depressing. So let, let's do yeah. Miranda and Steve. Um, it is so awful when, you, when you're post-breakup. And I've had to do this. I had to live with one of my exes. I was going to ask, because mm. I never have, thank fuck. I was going to ask if you had. Oh, yeah. I had my ex-boyfriend on the sofa bed and it was not the one. Uh. It was... It was and it was about four weeks because in uh, Brighton and Hove, that's how long it takes to get like your references approved and stuff and signed. So you've literally, you've literally been in this exact situation. I really have. And it, and it was difficult. And we tried so hard to keep it civil. And I remember one time he tried to pick a fight and it was very, very sad. You know, the relationship wasn't working. It was really very like Miranda and Steve, actually. It was clear it wasn't working, that it had run its course. And we maintained civility. We tried to stay out of each other's way um, as much as possible. We sort of danced around each other in the same way that Miranda and Steve did. And one night he tried to pick a fight and I was like, let's not. We've done so well. Like, yeah. can we can we dismount this relationship without needing to resort to fighting? And, and actually, 
I really, that lovely last scene where Miranda's like, we did okay. I was yeah. like, they did do okay. And, and, but that was, it was a good role model for me, which, you know, and I think it's something that a lot of people could learn from, which is a breakup doesn't need to become bitter and unpleasant and nasty. There's no need. And actually, if you are both adults, you know, for the sake of a few weeks of someone surfer surfing, I think all of us can maintain civility. You know, you don't need to be throwing plates and slamming doors and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and so actually, I think it's, it's, it is a bittersweet little moment for Steve and Miranda. And, and again, you know, that moment where the girl from the bar rings and Miranda's mm. like, oh, shit, kind of, oh, that's unpleasant. Um, I was thinking it was out of order of Steve to give her Miranda's the home number, number, yes. But then also, I guess, like, in the 90s, what else do you do? Like He works in a bar. Know. He could have given her the bar's oh, yeah. number. Um, it was also out of order of him to just fucking, like, leave, because it's his dog. Right, like, I picked up on dog. that as well. Leaving the dog without saying, yeah. can you walk the dog, is unforgivable. And I, when I first got Prince, my little chihuahua, I was living with a flatmate in London. The, the rule was very simple. If I was going out and Steve was not able to look after the dog, I had to stay home. Yeah. You know, when, when you have a puppy, it is as difficult in some ways as having a baby. And yeah. that dog can't take itself out. And it's not wearing a diaper. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was obscene of Steve to dump the puppy on Miranda. That's not okay. Yeah. So, Bunny. Ah, Bunny. <laughs> Um, with with um, the, the Bunny McDougal mind control technique for controlling your son or spouse. What is it? Maybe you should go to Code Basque instead. Yeah. Close, and the waiter was rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thomas, we love some more of these nibbly, nibbly cheese things. He's as old as water, but he never forgets the martini. <laughs> <laughs> Why is she so good? I Be- don't know. Because Francis... Stugenberg and however you pronounce her surname is wonderful. She yeah. is a very seasoned actress. Um, she had been working in film and television since basically since silent cinema, I think. Kind of and so she, you know, when they cast her as a waspy matriarch, why not? And I mean, and she only Bunny only gets more ridiculous as kind of the series goes on. Remember, kind of... We won't get ahead of ourselves, but I just remembered like something to do with a mallard. Like the mallard has to go in the. <laughs> yes. like, I, I can't remember. We'll the, get duck, the duck decoy. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know what the fuck is a duck decoy. I mean, who knows? But yeah, she, she is. She is wonderful. <laughs> I don't like Mandarin food, and I don't like Mandarin baby. Um, just oh my god, the level of what the fuck <laughs> with the bunny. I mean, this is just the beginning. Um, so yes, um, but I mean, and it is. It's I mean, all righty became yeah. the ultimate Trey McDougal catchphrase, didn't it? Which is maybe we should get married. All righty. Yeah. Um, and Charlotte's upset because she ended up pro- proposing to herself. <laughs> Do you know, somewhat in my darkest nights, I fear I pulled a Charlotte, which is I talked about <laughs> engagement rings so much that I think Max eventually just broke. Because um, oh, it's like, I she's mean, not she's a... not going to stop. This is not going to stop until I get her the ring. But that's we didn't go that tested, far. That's a tried and tested. Um, that's a very common thing, though, isn't it? I, you're not the first to have. No, it, it was, I think I did go mental, it has to be said, so that's quite a problematic term, but um, I, I didn't propose to myself, I think, yeah. need, need to say. You know, the, the, there is something, you know, wildly romantic about a handsome man 
stopping you outside Tiffany's and saying, I think we should go out, go in there and pick out the most beautiful ring. Yeah. I think for lots of girls, that would be an amazing way to propose. Yeah. Um, which is slightly how, how it happened with Max and I, which is we were out in Brighton one day and he was like, why don't we go looking for some rings? And, oh. and that's and that's kind of how, and it was what a day, what a shopping trip. That was an amazing day out. So did you walk um, around the? Um, did you walk around? Is it the lanes? That's right, the South lanes, lanes, which is the jewellery district in Brighton, and looked at all the vintage rings and the antique rings. Gorgeous. It was, it was very, very beautiful and very romantic. Gorgeous. So yes. Um, so what what do we think then? <laughs> so when it comes to matters of, well, when it comes to relationships, what is more important, head or heart? I think my my conclusion is it doesn't have to be black and white. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be one or the other. And Romance or like... realism. You would want both, mm. I think. Yeah. You, I think in feminist terms, women do not have to choose yeah. <laughs> ever. You know, this is not something I think that a lot of men are worrying about. And I think um, you should follow your heart, but also apply apply the lessons of the past as well so that you make wiser choices because of course we end this episode on Carrie's very unwise choice which is that lift scene I think work Charlotte does need to step in and Carrie's repeated fuck you um is Mm. to my mind an emphatic no and big does big does not stop yeah. Um, I mean, then in, I mean, it's so cringe. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck me. It's so naff. Oh, Carrie Bradshaw really... saying, fuck me, fuck me, like oh in God. The Exorcist or something. Like, Ugh. I really cringed at that as well. I think it's just, bec- I think it's because it's her. Mm. I think that if it had been Samantha or Miranda, it would have worked. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I think that's why it's, it's just weird. Hearing Sarah Jessica Parker say, fuck me. Well, you know why? It's because she had it built. She had an arrangement, an agreement with Michael Patrick King that she doesn't like yeah. swearing. So she had it kind of built into the format that she doesn't swear a lot. So even oh. hearing her say, even hearing her say, fuck is. And, you know, she, she, she says fuck a handful of times in the whole series. Wow. She mm. doesn't like swear. Oh, SJP. Mm. Oh, SJP. <laughs> Precious, precious Sarah. Benefactor um, of the uh, New York, what was it? The World New York Ballet. Ballet. The New York Ballet. Um, yeah, bless her, <laughs> bless her heart. So, I mean, that, that's bad. But, um, so yeah, the, the scene in the lift is problematic. Mm. Big shouldn't have chased after her and certainly shouldn't have forced himself on her. But actually, I think what we can ascertain is we know that Carrie is still in love with Big. And yeah. it, was, it was kind of a matter of time, but no, she didn't consent um, I like the symbolism at the end of her. Um, she's back. She's back smoking. At back the on end. the fags, yeah. yeah. Oh, Carrie, back on, the fags. back on the fags with Big, yeah. And that that becomes yeah. that becomes a motif for Carrie throughout, which yeah. is when when she is doing something wrong, she starts smoking again. But to be continued, and we will be back next week. Um, for, for episode ten, all or nothing, I believe where we will continue Carrie's deception and oh, poor old yeah. Aiden and indeed poor old Natasha as well and of course well let's let's see how it all shakes out do join us next yeah. week please do messages with just basically your stories of adultery because life is quite <laughs> boring so please do tell us about your adultery and also if there are any dietitians who can recommend a spunk <laughs> recipe that can make it digestible for Juno Dawson that would be really helpful so adultery and a spunk recipe, that's your home, that's listeners' home. That's work. your home. <laughs> this week. 
Until next week, you can follow us at S-I-G-T-T Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe because it will help us to become rich and famous beyond our wildest dreams. Um, Until next week, do take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.